Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Living free, this is our number four in our series, but uh, we're going to talk about walking free in the Spirit. We've talked about uh, living free of standards. We've talked about living free of sin. We talked about living free in the Holy Spirit. And now we're going to talk about walking free. There's living free, and now we're talking about walking free. But how many people uh, get tired when life gets complicated, right? Does ever, anytime life gets complicated, it's just like, man, this is something I do not want to deal with anymore. I think uh, there is a, a, a word today that I would say that, it, that God would want to put on our hearts and ask us if we're tired of a complicated life. And so I'm asking us today, how's our spiritual walk? Is our relationship with God on and off again? Or maybe you're like me, uh, you fight that wandering mind. And you get, there's, you know, there's more distractions today than there has been in the entirety of human history. More distractions today than in all of human history combined with all the technology and all the media and all the things that we have to do, the business of society. More distractions today. So how do we as Christians determine where we're going spiritually? Because what I know is that my mind wanders. And if my mind begins to wonder... My feet and my spirit are soon to follow. Wherever my mind's thinking, you get into, oh, I don't know if they really like me. Then you start going off and your feet falls you into depression. Or, oh, I, you know, I think about these things. I'm always focused on what I can buy next. And then soon I'm thinking all about materialism things. And I'm, that's what I'm buying. That's what I'm doing. My whole life becomes consumed by those things. So wherever your mind wanders, your feet and your spirit are soon to follow. And in a busy day like today, in a distracting day like today, how do you determine where you are going spiritually, what keeps you focused in moving forward. And I think we understand in the Christian life the deliverance that comes at salvation, that we become free, but today we're going to talk about how we stay free. We know that we become free, but how do we stay free? And you know, you're in your spiritual walk, I think you're always going somewhere. You're going to either be walking with God or walking against Him. And so today we're really talking about how are you walking. Look with me in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. Where are we going in our spiritual walk? God had always wanted man to walk with him. Look at Adam and Eve in the garden. He wanted to walk with him in the cool of the day. And God had always wanted man to walk with him. And when he chose Israel to be the light of his redemptive plan... He wanted them to walk in and carry out His Word. And in Deuteronomy chapter 10, he, verse 12, He gives them this plea, this cry, this question. He says, Now Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you but to fear the Lord your God and walk in all of His ways and love Him and serve the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and to keep the Lord's commandments and His statutes, which I am commanding for you today for your good. He says to the ancient Israel, he says, hey guys, guess what? If you want to live a blessed life, if you want to live the life in my promises, walk with me. I'm taking you there. This is a journey we're on together. And if you would just walk with me, you'll be blessed. But we know this story. Ancient Israel decides to turn from God's way of walking, and they turn to their own way of walking. The Bible says they turned and followed the stubbornness of their own hearts, and they turned to walk in the ways of other gods. And so they begin to walk in their own ways, in their own schemes. And the Bible says that God gave them over to the stubbornness of their own heart to basically live in the consequences of their own sins. You know, God does that sometimes. You want to keep walking that way, He's going to say, 
okay, I'm not going to stop you. You're going to get to a place where you're going to cry out to me. And that's what he did with Israel. He let them basically walk into their own mire, and they walked in their own quicksand, and they ended up in that place. He says, I'm going to let them go that way. But in verse 13, he, in uh, Psalms 81, God says that he had longed for the day when his people would listen to his spirit and walk in his ways. God longed for the day when people would really be able to walk with God. How many people want to walk with God today? How many people want to live in the promises of God, live in a blessed life, live in a place where you feel God's presence every day with you, that you know that I did a good job today because I was walking with God, that God's pleased with me, that I'm not living in the shame of regret. My life's not complicated like it used to be. I don't have the struggles that I used to do. You know, when you walk with God, your life has less drama. I don't know if that's true for you or not, but for me, when I feel like I'm walking with God, life's not as complicated as it once was. I don't have all the regret and the shame and the guilt and all the anxiety and all the fear. When I'm walking with God, I feel blessed. Anybody? Amen? You with me this day? All right. Amen. So I want to live a life in the promises of God, and today the good news is this. Because Jesus Christ has come, because He's canceled the written code against you, because He put the Holy Spirit in you, He fulfilled the great promise that God says, there's coming a day where I'm going to give you a new heart and a new spirit, and I'm going to cause you by the power of the Holy Spirit to walk in my statues and obey my command. Ezekiel chapter 36 and 37. That He says, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit, and there's going to be a day coming after the Messiah comes that my people, they'll really, really be able to walk with me. That day is today. And today you have the opportunity and I have the opportunity to say, God, uh, I want to live free of this complicated life of sin. I want to live free from the burden of religious standards. And I want to walk in the freedom and the power of the Holy Spirit. Somebody said amen. amen. But here's the problem. There's a false gospel today. We've rooted out some false gospels over the last couple of weeks. We've talked about the false gospel of uh, loose grace, that we can just do anything we want under grace. We've talked about a false gospel of uh, religiosity uh, and standards. And today we're talking about this in and out gospel, an in and out gospel. This is a come and go gospel, I think, that plagues the church today. It's a false gospel, I think, sweeping across the nation. It sweeps here in Jean, Louisiana. It's a false gospel of uh, the come and go gospel. Uh, You know, there's Christians, it's like the seed uh, with no depth in the root of the parable of the sower. They're they're with God for a few weeks, they're doing good, and then for a few weeks they're just living living it up in the sin of this life. It's as if we can come into God and we can have a revival moment, and man, for a few weeks I am just cleansed of sin. I'm shouting from the rooftops that Jesus is my Savior. I'm talking to everybody about the Lord. And then after those few weeks is over and that is not sustainable high, that I can't live on that high anymore, and there's a crash. And then for months that person is often lost in sin again and often each time worse than they were before. This, I mean, I'm not going to ask you to raise hands, but I can think of dozens of individuals that have this problem. And this, this root, this this cause of the flesh, I think, is common to us all that there's this tendency to be in and out, that I think I can be in church and I'm all in, and then all the moment I'm, I'm all out again. And I would beg to us today that I'm not sure this is Christianity and what it's meant to be. James says this is like the double-minded man, unstable in all their ways. We can't purge ourselves for sin for several weeks, then binge on sin for several months more. The Bible says in all of our repentance and all of our religious efforts, people like this heart, we never truly achieve freedom 
What it is is that we've never truly learned to walk steadfastly in the presence of God's Spirit. We've never truly understood the steadfastness of God's covenant love towards us, that there's not a walking with God. It's based on religion. It's based on this immature faith that we never get to the maturity of walking with God's Spirit and understand how much God loves us, His patience towards us, and that life in the Christian life is full of ups and downs. Somebody who knows what I'm talking about says amen. Right? Life in the Christian, a life as a Christian is full of ups and downs, but it should not be full of ins and outs. What do I mean by that? Not, it's not about the ups and downs, it's about the ins and outs. In a marriage, think about a marriage today. In my marriage, uh, this year, Beth and I will be married 10 years. We've been together since we were 16, so you can do the math uh, how long we've been together. But there's been a lot of ups and downs in marriage, but never has there been ins and outs. In a healthy marriage, you will have tons of ups and downs, but we should not have ins and outs if we're healthy, right? And so that's common, but we never break off our relationship. Even if we have, we're mad or we're frustrated or we go through depression or, or there's things that are tensions, it never says, I'm breaking my relationship with you and turning and going after someone else. That's the healthy marriage. It says, I'm with you till death do us part for better or for worse, sickness and in health. Those are the vows we make. And we stay true to say, when I come to Jesus, Jesus, I'm with you. Even if I don't feel Christian, even today I feel depressed. Lord, I don't know if you're with me or not. God, I don't feel like I'm having deliverance over this addiction or this mind or my mind's going this way or that way. Lord, I'm not blessed in my job or I'm, my kids are sick or my house just burned down or whatever it is. But God, I'm still with you. We need some of that resolve in American church today. To say, God, when I say I'm coming to the cross, it was a one-time salvation. I'm not saying you can't backslide. I believe in that it's possible to turn away from God, but it shouldn't be. It should not be our heart's desire that it's so easy to walk away from Christian. Let me tell you why. Because the author of Hebrews talks about that we are called to move forward in one's relationship with God. Too. He says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, that we avoid the peril of, wall, of falling away by moving forward. Why? Because Jesus gave a one-time sacrifice for us. And therefore, it should be a one-time salvation. He says that our salvation is too great to be neglected by not moving forward in God. He says, how can we taste the blessings of God and His Spirit and then fall away? Is it, he even wonders in chapter 6, verse 4, is it even possible to renew someone by the power of man's preaching to, to bring this person back? And he argues and he says, no, I don't think it is. After you've tasted the wonderfulness of God and you truly understood the grace of God and you truly understand what Jesus did... <coughs> Excuse me, did on the cross. How is it even possible that we would turn away from the Son of God and crucify Him again and again? He says in Peter, the book of Peter says, if we leave Him, we're far worse off than we were before without Him. And without repentance, we'll face God's judgment. You know, it's true that we can turn away from God. There's a repeated call in the Bible that if we do fall away from God, that we continue to say, God, Lord, I recognize my need for you. I turn back to repentance and that God is always going to take us back. But the challenge for every believer is that this should not be the normal way we have Christianity, that we say, God, I'm moving forward in God's grace. I think about a mountain climber. 
How many people have ever been to a mountain before? Been somewhere other than the hills of Louisiana? All right, very good. If you ever go to a mountain, you know that you can see the top. And, and from our point of view down here, it looks like it's just a straight shot. I'm climbing up a mountain. It's just going to be one road up. But if you've ever driven up a mountain or taken a train ride up a mountain, you know that between here and the peak, there's a lot of ups and downs between this and there. There's going to be... Thank you, brother. You're a blessed man. Uh, there's, gonna, there's a lot of ups and downs between here and to there. And it's not just going to be a straight shot journey from me to say, oh, Lord, I want to be a, an awesome Christian. I want to be an awesome believer. And a lot of times we fool ourselves just thinking, well, it's just going to be a steady climb up. No. The Christian life is full of ups and downs, but it's always moving forward up towards the top. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? And the, a true mountain climber, uh, a hiker is going to just keep moving forward. It doesn't matter if he has a ravine in front of him. Even if he has to go down, he knows he's still heading up. Do you understand me this morning in the spiritual journey? Sometimes going down is still going up. As long as you're moving forward in Jesus Christ. Are you with me this morning? Amen. And what we find this false gospel teaching us in America today that says there, doesn't, there isn't any ups and downs. If you're not feeling the up, if you're not feeling the hype, if you're not feeling the moving forward, well, I must just give up. Let's turn around. Let's just go back home because this isn't working out for me. But the, the, the truth of the reality is the author of Hebrews is saying, let's keep moving forward and walking with God's Spirit. We're not here. The, the goal is too great. The prize is too great that we would forsake what God has called us to. Let's keep moving forward. Are you with me this morning? So we have to understand there's this false gospel that says it's not going to be uh, ups and downs. And so therefore people get confused about the grace of God and then they become in and out. Don't be an in and out Christian. Just keep moving forward. Let's talk about how to do that today. We're going to talk about walking without God's spirit and walking with God's spirit Walking without God's Spirit, walking with God's Spirit. How do we walk without God's Spirit today? We think about walking without God's Spirit. The Bible always says this is called walking in the flesh. So easy to do because it comes natural to all of us. But when I ask you today and I say, hey, how is your walk? What do I mean? If someone comes up to say, hey, man, how you been walking? Or how's your life walking? Maybe we don't say that so often on the streets anymore. But if I would say, hey, how's your walk? What am I saying? I'm saying, how is the morals of your life? How is the direction of your future? What plans do you have in place for your life? Where's your life headed? Where's your life going? What a great question to always be asking ourselves every day, every week. Heath, where's your life headed? Where's my spiritual walk going? Where am I going in Jesus Christ? Am I just a Christian and I'm having another week? You know, I'm getting up in the morning, eating my bagel, going to work and coming back home and and then I got to do it again. But where am I going? You know, sometimes in a sedentary life when we grow up and we have, you know, a spouse and kids or a job and you got responsibilities, it's just like, here's life. I'm just waiting for retirement. Here we go. You know, what's we miss those goals when you're a youth or a young person, the drive you had, you're like, oh, man, I could take on the world. Didn't we all think that? You know, I mean, I'm going to be an astronaut or I'm going to be a helicopter pilot or I'm going to be, you know, a doctor or whatever. And maybe some of you achieve some of those goals. But then the Christian life, where are you walking? Where are you going? Where's God taking you? And life, the reason I think it gets so complicated sometimes is that we're not walking with God, but we're walking according to the flesh. We take that spiritual journey for granted. We're not listening to God. And Scripture says if we're not always listening to God... We easily walk without Him. We fall into evil. We go in through darkness. The Bible says we fall into the stubbornness of our own hearts. We end up walking according to the course of this world. 
And Scripture says in Ephesians, this leads to things like this. When you start not listening to God's Spirit where He's taking you, you find yourself ending up in jealousy. You find yourself uh, laid up with anger, uh, with hate, with sexual immorality, with addiction, and, and on and on and on. Why? Because the flesh loves to try to take you where it wants to go. The flesh loves to indulge when, uh, in sinful desires. It wants to find pleasure. It wants to find relaxation. It wants to find power. It wants to find pride and lust and all these things. And the flesh is always trying to drive you and lead you somewhere. But everywhere it leads you is a bad place. Jeremiah chapter 10 tells us uh, in verse 23 that a man's way is not in himself nor is it in a man who walks to direct his steps. What does that mean? That me left to my own devices, I will end up in a pit somewhere. Me left to my own devices is no good. That I can't lead myself. I'm incapable of thinking right, of talking right, of feeling right. When someone offends me, I don't always feel like I ought to be feeling. When someone does something to me, I don't always feel. When someone uh, uh, does something to me, I don't always say what naturally I ought to be saying. And so when we are walking according to our own thoughts, our own minds, according to our own, listen, feelings, when you're walking according to your own feelings, you're going to feel a lot of not good things. When you're walking according to your own mouth, you're going to get yourself in a lot more trouble, right? Right? You walk your, when you're walking your own self into the, the mind, your own mind is walking yourself, you're going to end up not only just thinking a lot of bad things, you're going to end up doing a lot of bad things. Because we are incapable of leading ourselves. And the Christian who becomes this in and out Christian, I'm in with God, I'm out with God, I'm in with God, I'm out with God. They haven't mastered giving up the leading of themselves. Let me tell you about a guy we all know very well, David talking about walking without God. David was a man, Scripture says, that walked in the ways of God. Now, here's a man who had, you know, we talk about, man, David had a heart after God, did all these great mighty things. We know his story really well. But here's a man who walked with God, walked in the ways of God, and he was an up-and-down guy. Man, David, I don't know, he might have been bipolar, okay? And it's okay for those of you who are suffering with that. It's all right. You can be Christian too. David, man, read the Psalms. Lord, I can't believe all my enemies were there. Oh, Lord, I love you. Thank you so much. Lord, I can't believe this. And this is his life. Man, read the Psalms. Up and down. But you know what's the cool thing about David? Every time he got to that place, he always ended on a positive note with God. He always ended up trusting God. But there was one moment in the middle of all the ups and downs, we know that David was not just up and down. He ended up going from in to out, right? We know the story. David and Bathsheba in and, and Second Samuel chapter 11 and 12. David, here's this guy, warrior king for God, man after God's own heart. He's up and down, but he's always moving forward with God. He's expanding God's kingdom. His spiritual walk is gone. Man, he's, he just got writing some of the best psalms. The Holy Spirit came over him, had the best hymns coming out of him. And man, the choirs are singing, the angels up in heaven are like, oh my gosh, look at this guy writing these awesome musics for Jesus. And this is his life. Man, he's killing the Philistines, expanding God's territory. Then what? The Bible says he took a break. He rested from fighting and expanding God's kingdoms, and he stayed back home. And one lonely night, when nobody was around, he had nothing better to do, and he was bored. He was walking around the palace, and he went up to the roof, and he saw across the way a woman bathing, as they, people did back then. And I don't think he had binoculars, but apparently it was something that enticed him enough that he began, his whole mind began to focus on this woman, and he thought over and thought over and thought over and thought over. And finally, where his mind went, 
His spirit and his feet were sure to follow. And we know the story. David ends up sleeping with Bathsheba. He gets her pregnant accidentally. And finally, it comes out that she's pregnant. And and he tries to get the husband to come home from battle and be with his wife so he can cover it up. And he tries all these ways over and over again to try to cover up his sin because sin had led him to a place where he couldn't dig himself out of the hole. That's what sin does. It just digs the hole deeper and deeper and deeper. And before you know it, you're not thinking right. You're not feeling right. You're not doing things right. You don't even know what you've gotten yourself into or how to get yourself out. And David ends up resorting to not really murder. He wouldn't call it, you know, him and his own self. It wouldn't be really murder. It was in war. It was an accident. I didn't kill him. I just told the troops to pull back a little bit and let him. He's a good fighter. He, if he would have handled himself good, he would have been able to come back home and it would have been fine. But see how we rationalize things out when we're in sin. We just try to, you know, it's not really that bad. Husband dies, God rebukes David, he loses a child out of the deal, and in his discipline, he writes Psalms 51, and I want you to look with me on the screen, Psalms 51, verse 10 and 11, this is because this is leading us to our main point this morning. What does David pray for? Here's a guy who's always been up and down, but finally he finds himself in and out. And we don't want to be those in and out kind of Christians. And he says, God, I'm so sorry for what I've done. And he says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a what? Steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. The Bible says the Holy Spirit, God, knows how to rescue the godly out of temptation. And one of the things we're looking at today is that when I find myself into these places where there is a moment of clarity. If, if you've ever been tempted before, maybe you know what I'm talking about. Uh, if there's any imperfect people like myself here. In those moments, I believe God and those who are walking with Him will give you a moment of clarity, a moment of pause where the Holy Spirit will come in and you're going to have a choice. Am I going to continue to walk and think and feel in the flesh or I'm going to choose to listen to the Holy Spirit and choose to do what He's saying, to run from this moment, to change my thought pattern, to leave this place, to reject these feelings. Because David was praying, he said, God, I'm praying for a steadfast spirit. Holy Spirit, stay inside of me. Renew my spirit to be a steadfast spirit. Cleanse my heart, but give me a steadfast spirit. What is a steadfast spirit? A steadfast spirit, one author says, it is a fixed and resolute uh, allegiance to God that is unmoved by the assaults of temptation. Let me say it again. It is a spirit that is fixed and resolute in allegiance to God and unmoved by the assaults of temptation. He is praying for something that I pray for often. This psalm has spoke to me over and over again. And a steadfast spirit is something I pray for almost on a daily basis that God... I don't want a spirit that's all over the place. I don't want a heart, God, that's all over the place, that's in with you, that's out with you. And Lord, even though there may be some ups and downs, God, I want something that's going to be true to you. Make my heart true to you, God. Make my heart fixed on you, my mind, my spirit fixed on you, saying, God, I don't want to be this way anymore. God, I don't want to be with you and without you. I don't want to just be, uh, it's not about uh, ups and downs, but God, I don't want to be all over the place in my Christian walk and my faith walk. He says, God, Fix my heart on you. 
It's in that moments where we're trying to get up that mountain and we feel like we're about to give up. And what can I even come back from this sin? Can I even get over this? Can I get over this temptation? There's a cliff in front of me. There's a feeling. There's a problem. There's a mental thing in front of me. There's a big ravine in front of me. And how, God, am I going to get to that place up there when this obstacle is in my way? The Holy Spirit comes in in those moments. He gives you the power you need to keep on moving forward. If you walk with Him. If you walk with Him. How many people want to be fixed and resolute in a relationship with God? Say, God, I am dependent on You. I'm going to remain loyal to You. I want a heart and a mind and a spirit that's right thinking, right believing, right doing. And when we walk according to the flesh, we make our lives complicated. We get dark in our understanding, and that pleasure only lasts for a moment. And we find ourselves with regret, heartache, and turmoil. But if, like David, we say, God, give me the Spirit. Lord, Holy Spirit, come in my life. Make me a right spirit. Give me a, an attitude. Uh, the depths of my soul, God, make them steadfast, settled on you to keep moving forward. I want to walk in the presence of God all the days of my life. Somebody say amen. amen. So that's how we walk in the flesh. Sometimes there's going to be in and outs, but don't let there be, I'm sorry, there's sometimes going to be ups and downs, but don't let there be ins and outs. Be a steadfast, pray for a steadfast spirit. So how do we walk in the spirit today? Walk in the spirit. So that's how we walk in the flesh. We leave that false gospel of the in and out gospel, and we walk in the spirit. Paul said, this is the key. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. This is our chief text for this series. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. So, okay, we left the false gospel of the in and out gospel. I'm going to be resolute. I'm making up my mind. I'm never going back. And I can't do it on my own. Like David, we find out we can't do it by the flesh. We can't walk by the flesh. We say, Holy Spirit, give me a steadfast spirit. That's the beginning. Now, Paul takes it to another level. He says, I'm calling you now. You've left that sin. You left the standards. Now, I'm calling you to walk in the spirit on a daily basis. Walking in the Spirit is not walking by sin. He says in Galatians 5.16, But I say walk in the Spirit. You won't carry out the desires of the flesh. You'll either walk in the flesh or you're going to walk in the Spirit. You can't do both at the same time. You can't please the flesh and please God at the same time. You can't walk in the will of the flesh and the will of God at the same time. I'm either walking with God or I'm not. And he says, if you follow the Spirit, you won't get trapped up in sin like you used to anymore. Let's go on. He says, so walking in the Spirit is not walking according to what your sinful desires want. And number two, it's not walking by the standards of religion. Galatians 5, 6, uh, 18, one verse down. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law, the external religious standards of the law. So if I'm led by the Spirit... I'm not relying on outward standards to make me feel good about myself, that I'm holy, that God loves me, that I'm pleased, that I'm doing a good job. I'm relying on the Holy Spirit inside of me to tell me I'm pleasing God. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not relying on a preacher or a doctrine or a religion to tell me what holiness is or holiness isn't. The Holy Spirit, who is the most holy thing in the world, in the universe, is living inside of me, and He alone. And he's going to tell me if I'm pleasing God or not pleasing God or not. I'm trusting in the presence of God. I've sinned. He has canceled out of my life. Those desires for things that I used to have, I don't have anymore. So he's canceled the sin against me and I'm moving forward in God. Do I still struggle? Absolutely, every day. But I'm saying, Holy Spirit, make me holy. Holy Spirit, make me holy. And he says, if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under sin. 
If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under standards. This is the external standards. So what is then walking in the Spirit? I'll give you three things to take home with you real quick today. Three things that walking in the Spirit... This is a deep phrase in Scripture. This, this, this phrase, I, I will tell you, I have studied this very phrase uh, dozens and dozens of hours spent in study and research just for this walk in the Spirit. What does that mean? I'm going to concise it today. We'll be out of here in three hours. Already? Okay. No, I'm joking. Walk in the Spirit. Number one, it means walk in line. Walk in line. You remember going to, I don't know if they do this in the, well, they did it in the South. But when we had to go from classroom to classroom or the gym, we had to like single file, walk in a line. We had hall monitors. And if you got out of that line, you get a little piece of paper and you get so many little strikes, uh, you, you got detention or something. But when you walk from gym to class, you had to walk in line. You had a leader. And the whole team, the whole classroom had to walk in a single file line. The teacher was behind us. When the Spirit of God takes up residence in your heart, the Bible says He gives you the victory over sin. Okay? Whether you believe it or feel it or not, that's what the Word of God says. Okay? Know that. Whether you feel it or not, the Word of God says He's giving you victory over sin. Now, are you choosing to walk in it? That's the question for today. So He says, walk in the Spirit. What does it mean? It doesn't mean you just get to do what you want, but it means I'm crucifying the flesh by the Spirit. It means walk in line. It means I'm making the moral choice, one author says, that the Spirit gives me. Every day, the Spirit is going to be telling you how to walk in line with God's holy standards. He's going to tell you, hey, you're getting out of line a little bit. Get back over in line. We're walking this way. The teacher, the Holy Spirit, is leading the classroom down the hallways of the school, and he's going to say, little Sally, you're, you're getting out of line. Get back over in line a little bit. You're, you know... Uh, Jimmy, you're kind of getting over to the right. You're getting over to the left. Get back in line a little bit. The Holy Spirit, he's that little, that conscience, that little Jiminy Cricket from Pinocchio. That's not really what he looks like. But that's, it's the same idea that we used to teach our children about having a conscience. Uh, and we don't do that anymore in schools. But uh, the Holy Spirit is t- talking to you. Hey, that doesn't really please God. Man, you really ought to work on that attitude today. Man, you did not say that well. Remember, God loves you. Hey, bring it in. Come on, team, bring it in. Let's, let's kind of get in line together. All right? The Holy Spirit, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit moves us from the rule of the law and the rule of the flesh now. Now we're under the rule of the Spirit. He becomes an authority in my life. And to walk in line with Him means I have to, I'm living in the moral boundaries He produces in my life. And one author says it this way, I love it. He says it's like this counteracting force. When flesh and sin and standards try to rule our life, the Holy Spirit is like this, this kind of sometimes maybe a slap in the face for us to say, no, get it back over here. This is where I'm calling you to. You know, I need every now and then a little slap in the face from God. My parents gave one to me every now and then, and so why doesn't God? Right? He does. He challenges. Some of you are looking at your kids. No. Uh, you know, like, I need that. I don't always think right. I don't always live right. I don't always feel right. And I'm no better than anybody else. And so I need some discipline by the Spirit of God in my life. And as a Christian, I need to respond to it. If the Holy Spirit, if, I, if He keeps telling me and, and chastising me and, and correcting me, and what happens to a kid that keeps putting it off? I'm going to find myself not only in detention, but if I rebel against the authority of God, I'm going to find myself living in my own ways, quick to find myself in a pit somewhere. And so walking in line means... Get that counteracting force in your life. Let the rule of the Holy Spirit keep your life in line. Let Him govern you. 
govern you. Romans 8, 5 says this, For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but if you're according to the Spirit, your mind's going to be set on the things of the Spirit. So number one, walk in line. Let the Holy Spirit keep you in line. He's going to do a good job, better job than Pastor Heath could do. Walk by faith is the second one. So you got walk in line, walk by faith. There's another reason, that, another way this phrase can mean. When Paul says walk by the Spirit, he literally means in the Greek, be always walking by the Spirit. And a Christian who gets saved and says, okay, good, I've got this goal in mind, I'm just going to start doing on my own. And when he gets to that ravine or that cliff that's on the way up, he doesn't know what to do. He's powerless because he's trying to get his Christian life in order or her Christian life in order by her own walk, by her own way. But Paul was saying, no, you began this Christian life when the Holy Spirit got a hold of you. Now you need to keep on walking in the Spirit if you have any hope of making the goal that God has for you. You can't get over that ravine in life, that temptation of the flesh. You can't change your mind not to be depressed. Listen to me today. You can't take enough pills in the world to fix some things. Now, I believe in medicine. There are some things that can only be fixed because we have a sin nature problem. And I cannot fix it. Medicine, science, counseling cannot fix some things. Some things are only fixed by the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that today? I can't, I didn't save myself. I can't keep myself saved. There are some hurdles that are too great for Heath Harris and my own mind, my own feelings, my own heartaches to get across. I need the Holy Spirit. So he says, keep on walking in the Spirit. What does that mean? Paul challenges us and he says, look back at Abraham. This is a faith journey. It's not a checklist. You don't just get saved and speak in tongues and then, okay, you're good to go. No, he says, think of Abraham. Abraham believed God by faith and he left all he had and began walking, not knowing where he was going. Every day, I don't know what I'm going to encounter along the way. I don't know who I'm going to end up talking to, what things are going to happen. I don't know how much my car is going to break down. I don't know where places I'm going to find myself in. I don't know what temptations are going to come my way. So I must every day live by faith through the power of the Holy Spirit that I need God to know how to handle this situation, this circumstance. Let me tell you, sometimes I'm in my office, somebody will be counseling uh, across the way. I have no wisdom in my mind to help them how to get out of this desperate situation. You've got family in your life that are looking to you, Christian on how to handle their spouse or their significant other or how to handle their kids or go through this circumstance in their life or this healing. And we may not have the words to say. We don't have the mental capacity to know how to navigate them through life's way. But you have the Holy Spirit. That's what He's here for today. To help guide you, to lead you, to help you lead others. And Abraham is this example that it was a faith walk, a spiritual walk. And to be led by the Spirit is to give yourself up to be led. It doesn't mean, hear me, God was not dragging Abraham to the promise. Abraham willingly left all and began walking by faith. Today, God is not going to drag you into obedience. He's not going to drag you to go talk to somebody else. He's not going to drag you to listen to His Spirit and say, this is what you must do to be saved. No, He's saying, this is a choice. Are you listening to me? Do you hear me telling you what I want for you? What's best for you? What's great for you? Romans 8, 13, If you're living according to the flesh, you must die. But if the Spirit, if living by the Spirit, you'll put to death the deeds of the body, you'll live. And for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. The defining moment, the defining marker of your Christianity is not whether you were baptized or you spoke in tongues or you look a certain way or you go to a certain church, or you believe a certain doctrine. 
I said along the way, your life is marked by relationship with the Spirit of God. A lot of people know Jesus. A lot of people have their letters in a certain church. A lot of people go to a certain church service on a certain day. But it's the few, the remnant of God, are those that are being led by the Spirit of God every day. Walk in line, walk by faith, and lastly is this. Walk like Jesus. There's your Sunday school answer. Walk like, what does walk in the Spirit mean? How do we walk in the Spirit? It means walk like Jesus. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, closing with this. The one who says he abides in Christ ought to walk in the same manner as he walked. Walking in the Spirit means I'm abiding in Christ and walking like Jesus. Why? Before this was never possible... It was never, and this was God's cry when we remember, we started with Deuteronomy chapter 10. It was never possible for you to walk with God. God was always disappointed in his people because he said, just walk with me, just follow me. And they never could because they were powerless in their own sin. They had no counteracting force. They had no rule of line that would do the internal working of their heart and their mind. Their mind kept wandering and their heart kept wandering and their feet were soon to follow. No matter how many rules they had in their life, they couldn't stay in line with the Spirit. They couldn't walk with the Spirit. And the Bible says that Jesus comes to set men free. He says, I come that you would abide in me. And, uh, and if you, I'm the vine and you are the branches and nobody can do anything apart from abiding in me. So John says this, because Jesus Christ has come today and because the Holy Spirit can now live in you, a thing that was never possible in universal history till now, the Holy Spirit can live in you, allowing you to abide in Jesus Christ 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that the Holy Spirit can keep you walking with God. Your obedience, your pleasing to God, your life, your relationship with God comes because, Christian, it's not because you go to a church or you sing a few hymns or you believe a certain way. It comes because you're abiding in the presence of God on a daily basis. The challenge for us as Christians is, It's so easy to get saved and try to do it on your own. It's so easy to get saved and just start thinking your own thoughts, feeling your own feelings. Then you look at the rule and you say, wow, I really shouldn't be that way. But then what do you do about it? Well, I'm angry. Well, how do you not be angry? Well, you can't. The Holy Spirit has got to take those things out of you. The Holy Spirit has got to retrain your mind and pray like David. God created me a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. He has to do a new work in us. Maybe you've been saved for a while, but there's things God wants to keep moving you forward in. We're not ever done walking with God. Some of you are great, beautiful, wonderful people, and maybe you think I am too, but you know what I know about Heath Harris? Man, I'm a messed up, jacked up person, selfish, prideful, arrogant, full of lust, and the things of God are nothing in me, but I need him. And when he allow him control, man, I'm thankful I'm saved by grace. I'm saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. But every day, man, I need the presence of God in my life. And when I'm going through Walmart, I want the Holy Spirit to be talking. When I'm riding on the lawnmower, I want the Holy Spirit to be talking. When I'm putting my kids to bed, I want the Holy Spirit to be talking. Holy Spirit, what what do you want to say today? God, what do you want me to feel? When I'm arguing with my wife, which does happen, by the way, I want the Holy Spirit to keep me in check and say, no, you're wrong. Stop it. I need that. I need him to save my marriage. You see how desperately we need him. My challenge for you today, Holy Holy Spirit would come in this place and say, God, just renew us. 
Give us a steadfast spirit. I'm praying this for every person today from front to back. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And I want us just to get to this a corporate time of prayer before we close. That every single one of us, we're just going to kind of ask the Holy Spirit to do this. That we would walk in line with the Spirit, walk by faith in the Spirit, and walk like Jesus in the Spirit. I'm far from walking like Jesus, so I know I need a lot more of the Holy Spirit in my life. I need Him to take over my mind, my heart. I need Him to help me be victorious over sin, take some attitudes out, but remake them. Create in me a clean heart, renew a steadfast spirit. Let's not walk in the flesh nor walk in the standards of religion, but let's walk by the Holy Spirit in our life. I'm going to ask you to just bow your heads with me this morning, and I'm going to invite us all to come in a moment and just pray a corporate prayer.